Welcome to episode 357 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And we have a brand new radio show with Coast to Coast AM and iHeartRadio called Shades of the Afterlife. So there are more places. And the difference between that show and this show is this show, we just talk to one person. We have outstanding conversations. And that show is kind of like the best of. So there'd be different topics all under one show. So if you're interested, wherever you're listening to this, you can just either Apple Music or go to iheart.com and type in Shades of the Afterlife. We're not quite on YouTube yet, but we will be there. If you haven't noticed, This is one of our rare video episodes, and if you are listening to this podcast and you would rather be viewing, you can go to youtube.com, type in We Don't Die Radio, episode 356. There are different reasons why we explore the afterlife. Very often, it's because we've had a loved one who passes into the unseen world. Very often, it could be a fear of dying, you know, really questioning our own humanity, And then also it could be you or someone close to you has been given the news that your life might not be too much longer. And there might be more reasons, but I know those are the top. And my guest today is a friend of mine, and she does fit into one of those categories. And I want to introduce you to her. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's like I've known you for a long time, but we've never had a real conversation about what brought you here, even though I know bits, but I just thought you are somebody who is making a big difference with a lot of people right now and people you may never, ever, ever meet by your story and you continue to give and you continue to shine a light on what's possible. So I just thought this would be a great time that we can chat. Let's do it. Okay, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Where are you right now in the world? Uh, Right now, I'm in Florida. Very nice. It's not snowy, but it's really windy. Yes, we've had a lot of snow um, at my mom's house in Rhode Island today. Yeah, and where does your story begin? You you know it better than anyone, so I don't have to ask you too many questions, but what would you like to share? Where does my story begin? Um, You know, I mean, I had such a great life what most people would consider an ideal life. I mean, I just, I, my, I got to be a stay-at-home mom. My husband was a career military officer. We moved from state to state. We lived in Germany and Belgium, and we got to travel all over Europe, and everything was really, really wonderful. Um, in 1995, when I was stationed in, when my husband was stationed in Texas, uh, I got a phone call that my father had been involved in a hit and run car accident. And he was only 53 years old and he died at the scene. And I just thought, wow, like, I'll, how will I ever get over this? This is, you know, just, but I had small children. I had a one and a half year old. I had a five-year-old and I, uh, as difficult as it was, I, I had to move on. I had to move on from it because I was busy, you know, um, when my daughter was, about 14 years old, we were living overseas, and she developed an eating disorder. 
And it got progressively worse and worse. And I knew nothing about eating disorders. Now, I was a teacher. And I have a master's in counseling. I knew nothing about this, nothing. And it, we came back to the States and it was just, it got worse and worse and worse. And um, she struggled for over 11 years. And in 2014, she passed. Um, she accidentally overdosed on a bunch of pharmaceutical drugs and she passed. And I just, you know, I got to a place where I, I had to figure out where she was. There was no way my daughter was so exuberant. And so she just had all this light and love. And I had to figure out where the hell was she? You know, where was she? She couldn't just be gone. Like you don't take that and just make it be gone. So that was my story. I started and I said, you know what? I don't care what else. I have got to find out where she is how she got there, how I can reach her and how we can still have this because without that, I just felt like I was nothing. So, Oh, my heart goes out to you. I can't even imagine. Can't imagine. You have a son also, right? I have a son. Yes. And he's younger. And he just, he got married. He has a child now. He has a stepdaughter and it's wonderful, but it's, it's still, it, it doesn't replace. Oh Amber. no. It doesn't no. replace her. It's, you know, I still miss everything that I missed. Absolutely. Everything. And I, I'm just, I'm going to continue doing this and speaking on behalf of her, you know, for always now. Oh, so. absolutely. Not just what we're going to talk about as far as the afterlife, but also for eating disorders. So many people yes. don't know what people are privately dealing with. And no matter how smart a parent can be, it doesn't mean they know. Yeah, it doesn't. So how does your story begin that you went looking for her? Wow, how does my story begin? Um, well, the day, the, day, the day my daughter passed, which uh, in November of 2014, we were at a family member's home. We were going to be spending Thanksgiving together, all of us. And so my husband and I had driven down to uh, my sister-in-law's home in Pennsylvania and we hadn't been able to get in touch with my daughter for a day, a full day, 24-hour day, which was ridiculously unusual. We had talked many, many times a day. And so uh, I knew something was wrong. We knew. Um, the morning that we found out that she'd passed, like literally within 30 minutes, you know, my husband and I were in this kitchen by ourselves, late November, Pennsylvania cold as heck outside, a little bit of snow. And we were standing in the kitchen and right outside of the window, there was a big stone wall and there was a hawk sitting on the wall, looking into the kitchen window. And I didn't know anything about signs, nothing. But my husband knew a little bit and he knew enough to take his phone and take a picture of that hawk. And he mentioned it to me afterwards. Um, and I didn't give it much thought. I, I don't know anything about hawks or the fact that it's unusual for one to be sitting right outside your window in November. So I, I didn't think too much about it at the time. Um, but that very night when we went to bed and all of the family was uh, away, they were all in Disney World. So they were going to come back right before Thanksgiving. We were watching the house and the dogs and the whole nine yards. And when I went to bed, 
in the middle of the night, I heard three very loud and distinct knocks. And they sounded like they were coming from outside of the house, like on the roof maybe or something. And I woke up and immediately I thought, this is unusual. I never heard this before. And I, I, I felt strongly that maybe it was a sign. And the very next night when I went to my sister's home and spent the night with my mom, I heard the same thing again outside of the house. And I've never heard it again since then. But I've looked it up online and it actually is something like the three death knock or something. I knew nothing about this, nothing. But I, I did know in my heart that it was for me, only for me. So that just got me. I just knew. I knew she wasn't gone. I knew it. I knew she wasn't gone away. I just didn't know how to get to her, if that makes sense. And how did you start researching even to find out what to look for? Did I start? Or did um, you? Or did you have some synchronicities? Or um, I probably had some synchronicities in the beginning, but that was enough for me. For like my husband, like I told you, I mean he's career military officer. Everything's you know black and white, and uh, he had no religion, no spirituality, no anything. But he knew enough that a hawk should not be sitting outside of your kitchen window looking in. Right. Allowing you to photograph it. You know, he knew that. Um, so, I mean, one of the first things I found actually was your book. Oh, <laughs> and, and that got me interested in everything because there's so many paths to follow. So that got me following Victor. That got me Victor. Let's Victor Zamet. That got me Victor Zamet. Victor got- Zamet's report every week. They have the Friday uh, Afterlife Report, VictorZamet.com. Right. Okay. Victor Zamet. We'll plug for Victor and Wendy. <laughs> yep. Victor Zamet. Yeah. Go. Um, and, and the other thing is I started reading several books, um, some several George Anderson books. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just knew, like I said, I knew that she was somewhere. And then little things just started happening. And they were, I mean, you can't explain them. You can't explain those kinds of things. Um, I mean, one night, my husband and I were sound asleep. We had a clock radio next to the bed, which we never set the alarm for. I don't even know why we had it. But we just, it was there. It was still by the side of the bed. Um, We never used the radio. We never used the alarm. And one night, it just went crazy. Like on top volume, on the alarm, you know, eh, eh, eh. And my husband, I was like, I jumped up in bed. I'm like, what the heck is that? I looked over. I saw the time. I tried to turn it off. It wouldn't turn off. And he's like, turn the alarm off. Why do you have the alarm set? And I said, I don't. I don't have it set. I'm trying to turn it off. And it was, I I won't say the number because it's my daughter's password (laughs) for her bank account. (laughs) But it was blinking on the, and I couldn't turn it off. I turned it to the off position, but it would never turn off. So I it was blinking the same number that was her passcode. Her password for her bank okay. account. Okay, all right. And it was just doing that, but it Fine. was. I I flipped it to off, but it was still making the noise. I literally had to unplug it from the wall, and I put it in the sink in the bathroom next to us, and I just let it go. We went back to bed. It was only the following morning that I realized, oh wow, that's a really weird time because it's not like five o'clock or five thirty or six o'clock. It was a weird number in between. And I knew what that number was. Um, and so I took the clock again, I plugged it into the wall 
and it was still making the noise. So I thought it's malfunctioned. So Mm -hmm. I wrapped the cord, I threw it away. And later the next day, when I was doing something in the kitchen, I just had this thought put into my mind, the clock isn't broken anymore. It's fine. Take it out. It had coffee grounds on it. It had, (laughs) it was in the garbage. I cleaned it up. I plugged it in and it's still there. Like three years later, it hasn't ever made a noise again. It's fine. Works fine. Works fine. Yeah. Works fine. (laughs) Well, from what I know about you and your daughter, she's been very active since she's passed. (laughs) Yeah. She's quite an active one. How about some more stories and uh, how you met mm-hmm. our our little friend? <laughs> or your favorite, or your, yeah, your favorite story. Stories are what makes a difference, and stories. Okay. not everybody's going to have an opportunity to do some of the things you've done, or even right. to see a medium. And it's just, not, it's it helps. Right. Well, I mean, I would just say, even if you can't see a medium, this is such a fantastic opportunity right now. Like people are saying, oh, we're stuck with COVID. We're in the house where this, mm-hmm. there are so many opportunities to see mediums, to spend time with mediums that you, I mean, I've sat with Paul Jacobs and Sue Wood and Eileen Davies and people that I would never like, where the heck am I going to get to see these people? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Nicole De Haas. I just, it was wonderful. So I'm trying really hard during this period of time to just use it. And say, I know it's not so great out there, but there's great opportunities to yes, to, yes, to spend time with people. So um, I remember my husband and I went with so much anticipation to see Maureen Hancock. Yes, I know Maureen. I, I think it was maybe ah, a couple of years ago. I forget. Um, wh- one time we went to see her with John Holland, and it was wonderful. You know, we didn't get a reading or anything, which was fine. We just enjoyed everybody else's stuff. And then another time we went, and we still didn't get a reading during the event, but we had bought a book, and we wanted to get it signed. And um, so my husband, and we don't put this anywhere. This is not on Facebook. It's not on my Facebook. My husband doesn't even have Facebook. Um Ever since that very first day when Amber passed and he, we saw the hawk, um, I don't think I could identify a hawk right now. If I saw one like in front of my face, I couldn't do it. But my husband sees them everywhere in weird places and everything. But he doesn't talk about it. And he's, you know, whatever. Um, we went to this event, didn't get a reading. We had our book. We were standing in line waiting for Maureen to you know, write a little something. And so she did. She wrote something in the book and we started to walk away. And then she grabbed Lou by the shoulders and like pulled him close. And she said, you know, it's her every time you see that hawk. <gasps> and my husband wow. turned, could barely walk outside. I mean, the tears were rolling down his face. He's like, that's all I need. That's all I need. Because she hadn't talked about hawks all evening, you know. It's getting but goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I know. She knew. She knew. And and now every time he sees it, he's thankful and, you know, talks to her and he's just done such a, such a 180. I mean, you've got a great husband. Yeah. He's done a real 180 from the person that he was before. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What other kind of affirmations have you gotten that you're uh, still alive and well? Well, as you know, I mean, I've had a couple of incredible, incredible uh, things happen with Scott Milligan. Incredible. 
we had one incident, I think it was in April or March of 2019, where um, we we actually heard Amber talk to both of us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, no one would have known that the man sitting beside me was her dad, but he, but she basically talked to him. I, I do all the work. She talked to him. Happens all the time. I was sitting right next to him. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, there's something called physical mediumship and there's things yeah. that happen in the dark, which, you know, I think our mind thinks, oh, if something happens in the dark, it can't be real. But, you know, you picture this as people called physical mediums and through the nature of what they do, uh, a loved one can speak again through their energy. And I have plenty of shows on that. We won't get into that. Um, but I do clearly remember how special that was. Well, that was special. But about four months later, um, she actually materialized or partially materialized in a seance. She touched me. She rubbed her hands up and down my legs. She sang with me, this little light of mine. That's right. And I'll never forget when I went to a um, the Soul Summit just a, a month later, a right. month after that event. And I was sitting in a, a conference with Suzanne Giesman. And because when, when we sang that song, I wasn't thinking about a light. I wasn't thinking about light, all of us being light. I wasn't thinking that. I just thought that was like a, that was a song she sang in preschool and you know, we could share that moment. And during that event, Suzanne put a, a slide up. It was a light bulb. And underneath it, it said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I was tingling everywhere. I was like, oh my God. And when I went to talk to Suzanne afterwards, I said, oh my gosh, that meant so much. And she said, yeah, that's really funny because I never used that slide before. I don't know why. I just felt like putting it in there. I was like, yeah, well, I think I was supposed to see that because it, it, it made me realize she wasn't just singing a preschool song to me. She was telling me during that seance, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And, it was- and she is. And now she's shining through images. Can you talk about a little bit about your relationship with Sonia Rinaldi and some of the things that you've experienced? Because yeah. now this, ladies and gentlemen, this is the cherry on top of the cake. If I were to say, and even I do, you know, who's my top number one information about the afterlife? I say, you have to see this lady's images. And this yeah. is Sonia Rinaldi. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew nothing, nothing about EVP, ITC, none of this stuff. I just knew that whatever was going on, I wanted to be part of it, whatever it was. I, w- I was going to go anywhere that I was being led. And it was in um, 2017, maybe in the fall of 2017, Craig Hogan from the AREI, the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, uh, sent an email out to those of us who were part of the AREI saying that this woman, Sonia Rinaldi from Brazil was going to be presenting at the symposium that I was going to be going to the following year. And I guess she had already uh, presented before, but she presented cases from Brazil and they were in Portuguese and most people didn't write. Right. So she wanted to 
like have some people in the audience who had skin in the game, you know? So she wanted to be able to present in English with American children. So she asked for some volunteers and Craig said she would love to get, you know, five or six volunteers. Um, so we're going to collect volunteers over the next 24 hours or something. And there ended up being 30 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually just started following this lady that I didn't know at all. And I could not believe it. I couldn't believe the things that I saw, the things that I heard, the things that I saw. Um, I started looking up ITC online. And so I started reading about the butlers and uh, just different people who had done this, Sarah Estep, just reading about them. And I was like, wow, this is a real thing. This lady's not weird. Trans communication was what ITC. And I just couldn't believe it. And so uh, I I participated in that study with Sonia. We had um, images of my daughter and some um, EVPs that came through. And once it was over, I just started volunteering to work with her. And I've been working with her since it's three years now. Um, she th- What she does is unbelievable. And she does it for not a nickel. She just does it for free seven days a week. Um, she has such a commitment to spirit and she just, you know, that's her goal in life is just to ease the grief burden of people. But also she wants as, as much as she can to try and prove the afterlife. She's amazing. She's amazing. Lisa, the first pictures that you saw, what was Sonia filming? I mean, what, Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, just you or you who's home. I'm not speaking yeah. to a big audience here. Um, talking to you at home. It, I'm going to include some pictures of Amber okay. and a video at the very end of this. So you can see that they're just not, you know how people can see the Virgin Mary in a piece of toast. I think. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. there's something I can't paradelia. I think it's called, I can't really think of the name of it, but it's a, our right. human that if we hear a sound we can often make words into it or if we see an image we can make a face into it uh it's not that these are real pictures real pictures yeah yeah um to be honest I don't remember the very first Uh ones because it's I mean we've just had so much coming up which is wonderful I know the thing that amazes the heck out of me is every once in a while Sonia will send something to me and say this looks like Amber. And I'll look at it and say, oh my God, that is Amber. Mm -hmm. But the the big thing is Sonia has never seen any of that. She's never seen those kind of pictures. I, in my mind, can look at an image that she sends me and I can associate it right away with the picture. Um, And I said to Sonia early on, why? Like this, why would she do this? Because I mean, I might not even see what you're doing, but, and she said that, you know, she likes to show herself young because that's when she was really happy. When she became an adolescent, she became increasingly um, more and more despondent. So, um, and she was an exuberant kid, a young kid. She loved it. So I think that that might have something to do with it, but I'll tell you when I see an image and I look into the eyes of that image, I know every time, sometimes she'll, she'll send me something and I'll say, mm, no, that's not her. But when I, when it is, I know it's her. 
Well, a mother knows, even a daughter knows, um, just for you who are listening or watching right now, if you can imagine a clear, pretty big Easter egg, Mm -hmm. this is one of her experiments, and she would have different screen projectors project um, static kind of thing Mm -hmm. into it. She films it, and then she goes through the recording frame by frame. So I can't remember if it's 32 or 64 or 16 images that can be within one second, but there yeah. is a ton. It's like and it's, 30. Yeah. And it's not uncommon to have different pictures within each frame mm-hmm. within each second. And so what Sonia had sent me once was one of these unknowns. Oh, it was my dad. And actually, there's a 20 second video also that is just showing the static inside this clear Easter egg. And then all of a sudden, picture of my dad shows up and then it dissolves again. And there's a similar picture we have of my dad. The dad's looking straight into the camera in the similar picture. In this image, he's looking off. I mean, it's not the same picture. And dad's showing himself in his 20s how he was when he was in the Air Force at his best, I'm imagining. So it doesn't surprise me that Amber's showing herself when she was her best and happiness, happiest. And the good news is to everyone, when we make that journey over, we get to pick our best health, our best weight, Glasses, no glasses. I mean, you could just get to be the best age you want to be. So Amber has come through so many times. And even as a younger child, hasn't she? She's come through from about uh, 18 months um, up to, so when she passed when she was 25, but she's shown herself up into her 30s. And she's just as pretty as always. (laughs) She really is. How old was she when she was last here? She was 25 when she passed. But she has shown some some more maturity. And she's, um, in fact, with some mediums, Isabella Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh, i got to start thinking now. She has, uh, uh, Laura Lynn Jackson, she's shown herself to be older and very, very confident in her body. And it's only very recently that I've talked about uh, her eating disorder, because I kind of felt like it was disrespectful to her. Right. You know, she, she did all she could in life to hide it. Um, so I kind of waffled back and forth. Like, is it fair to do that? Uh, I don't know. Um, but I kind of got a message from her, like, not only should you, but you have to, mm-hmm. like, it's really, really important for people. So I've just put it all out there and I've never gotten any negative feedback from her. Oh, no. Yeah, I wouldn't think you would because no. it, it, the, our, the hardest part of our existence is here, living here. And nobody knows the demons we're fighting with e- internally. Everybody you see in the world could have a happy face. And meanwhile, the stuff that they're dealing with, what's going on in their mind and their beliefs can be torturous. So right. it does help to show, because you never, let's just put it this way. You never know who's going to see this or listen to this and, is facing the same thing. And, and this really does make a difference Yeah, to know, to know, to shed a little light on something. Right. This little light of mine. We're going to let it shine. Let it shine. Lisa. Let it shine. 
Oh my goodness. My goodness. Um, yes. Wasn't there something with a hairbrush too, when we were in Orlando? Do you have a hair? Oh, was that you? That was yes. with Jennifer Brazier. Yes. And Chris great Fitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew. The spirit I, artist. Yep. Well, Chris is the artist. Jennifer is the uh, mental medium. And I know that when Jennifer was talking, I just knew when she was talking about this girl um, and she was insisting that she was in her 20s and she was just strutting around in a bikini and talking about how she, you know, she really, she finally felt good and this and that. She gave me so much evidence. And then uh, Chris Drew was drawing off to the side whatever Jennifer was talking about. And I was pretty convinced it was Amber, but there was another person in the audience that thought maybe it was their daughter mm-hmm. or her daughter. And uh, her daughter was younger than Amber by a lot. Um, and finally, Jennifer said, no, no, I'm sure that this girl's in her 20s. And she just wants us to know how how it's important for us to know that she thinks she looks so good. And it's so funny because my daughter would have never, ever said that. Never. And Chris has drawn this picture. And I was like, you know, I think that's her, but I'm not going to say anything. I have her hairbrush in my purse. Didn't tell a soul, not even my roommate, Stephanie, that it was in there. Nobody had knew. It was in a Ziploc bag full of hair, Mm -hmm. full of hair. (laughs) And Chris said, um, she wants you to come up here and touch her hair. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the only thing I said to her. I said, reference your hair, reference your hairbrush, something. So, yeah, I knew it was her. I knew it was her. She comes through all the time with pretty much everybody. It's almost embarrassing sometimes. You know, and after one of your events, I apologized out in the hallway because there was other people there. And I said, I am so sorry. I'm like, my daughter just keeps coming through and like taking over everything. And it was Jennifer Brazier who came up to me and she like grabbed me and she goes, don't you ever, ever apologize. She's so strong and she's bringing so many other people through. Don't ever do that. She said, you thank her, go upstairs and thank her and tell her you want more. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel right. (laughs) Yeah, I have a strong suspicion. She's helping other people come through. She's doing, she's working. She's working hard. Yeah, she's working hard. And I'm so grateful because she's helping me. I mean, she's like my, she's my propeller. Oh, she really is. She is. She's my propeller. It's one thing to, well, there's nothing worse than grief. And I've felt Mm -hmm. my own grief. I can't even begin to imagine a mother or father's grief. Uh, I would just think it's like having your heart ripped out nonstop Mm -hmm. for hundred thousand years. Um, however, we have this hope that they've gone on to a better place. We, or they're resting in peace. And when there's that shift to start getting these insights that they might still be alive, we just can't see them. We don't have this open communication like we did before And then through all these different experiences, and then, like I said, the cherry on top of the cake is to see these pictures that have never been taken in real life coming through this beautiful little soul that's in Brazil working tirelessly, never asking anybody for a penny, just working, doing all these different experiments to capture the voices, to capture images. It is amazing. And... Um, can you talk a little bit about 
the scientists that Sonia works with or, you know, it's not just Sonia working. She's the representative on this side. You don't have to give too much detail, but just a little bit that, you know, that there's people that are working on the other side. So she, yeah, no, she absolutely has a, a a very strong team that work with her on the other side. Um, Nikola Tesla works with her a lot and um, identified himself several years ago. So she kind of had a feeling that he might be working with her, but he only identified himself as working with her and as uh, someone that is actually commanding some of the transmission stations, which is, that sounds ridiculous. It sounds like I'm talking Star Trek, but um, we can talk about that some other time. But she, um, Dr. Constantine Raudiva, who was an ITC pioneer decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably the, um, the biggest proponent of her work. She has known and she's talked to him forever. And about two and a half years ago, she got that confirmation from him in a seance in Scottsdale with David Thompson. That's right. Um, yeah. And it was uh, 100% authenticated. It was totally his voice, the same voice that she knows, who gave her lots and lots of um, feedback on where she should go. And when she followed it, um, you know, she she started to progress. Um, uh, Dr. or excuse me, um, what's his name? Father Landell DeMora. Mm-hmm. He works with her a lot. So, she, I mean, she definitely has a lot of people on the other side that are kind of guiding her in her work. And she's got and, pictures of them as well. She in fact, does. Tesla has never been photographed in a human life with a smile right. and has come through in Sonia's images smiling. I, the, the pictures are tremendous. Whether you are watching this on YouTube or you're listening on Facebook or iTunes in the description, I have a couple of links to send you and they're going to be to find more about Sonia's work, this, uh, the case of 30 that Lisa's referencing, and then also something special that we're doing this Saturday. And you may be listening to this in the year 2022, (laughs) but we will still have the video that we are going to record on Saturday for you. Lisa, what are we up to on Saturday? So on Saturday, Sonia is going to do some a presentation with some of the newest things that she's working with right now. One of them is called the Light Bridge, which is a really interesting thing that she kind of intuitively came up with based on uh, turning turning light into sound. It's just it's fascinating. Um, She's also had some intuitive things. She is doing some filming online where she's using a cell phone to, I'm not going to do this justice. I'm not going to do this justice. Um, Where she's kind of like, she's filming a cell phone and that cell phone is filming uh, uh, one of the eggs, the Scott Milligan eggs Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the vapor And we are getting, oh my gosh, the things that we're getting from that. She did a little guinea pig experiment with me that we just sent out. And I've never really felt so much like all these spirit people were around me. I was absolutely shocked. I was so shocked. And the biggest shock for me was this image that came through that was just like Kurt Cobain. Wow. Which is really weird because Kurt Cobain 
was somebody that my daughter loved, musically loved him. And right before Christmas, I had a pillow made for my nephew. Now, my nephew was only four years old when Amber passed, but until he was almost eight, he talked to her all the time. He saw her. He talked with her. They had conversations. He was very emotional about her. Now, how he really, I don't know. But I had this pillow made from her clothing, and I took a T-shirt from the one side that had Kurt Cobain on it and plastered that on one side of the pillow, and I gave that to my nephew the day before the image of Kurt Cobain came into this. So was it Kurt Cobain? I don't know, but it looked very much like him. Oh, I think it's fascinating. Well, I'm really looking forward to Saturday and anybody who uh, is interested. Um, if you go to we don't die.com and click on store, whether it's this coming Saturday or it's already passed, you can just scroll down and you can see Sonia Rinaldi's latest experiments and you can watch the replay or watch it live and there'll be questions and answers when we do the live one. Uh, I'm so excited. And, you know, it's interesting. You participate in a lot of the uh, trance demonstrations with Scott, don't you? Mm-hmm. you come. Yep. Yes. Uh, and first of all, if anyone's watching this for the first time and you're hearing seances and trance and all of this, I have to tell you, it's a wild road. And I, The subtitle of my book is real, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Mm -hmm. Death. I thought this stuff was nonsense, Mm -hmm. and I had to check it out for myself. And when you get people that are not trying to make money or not big money, I mean, everybody needs to pay their bills, or somebody who's donating their time doing these experiments, and you check it out thoroughly to think, you know, there's, there's no reason there should be any trickery. And you can actually feel the love of the spirit world. And then when you start thinking that we are on this planet hurling around the never-ending universe, uh, it's a pretty big place we live in. So really anything's possible. Mm -hmm. And if we get down to the little atoms that are within our molecules and you realize through science that all we are made up of is vibrating energy and you start looking at us from being a miracle as opposed to buying in, I think, what our heads want us to believe is that we are all that is. And you start thinking, you know what? This could be possible. So we're not trying to push anything on you right now. We're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. We're not, you know, you may look at us thinking, oh, they're so naive. Well, Mm -mm. mm -mm. no, I think you know in your heart when something's real. But we are each on our journey. And Lisa, would you say that uh, Amber's transition really got you on a spiritual journey and where you are now and the <laughs> difference you're making to other people. Um, I'm not saying it's worth it because no, no, no one of us want an, anybody to no. go, but no. I've always said that there's, um, you know, there's n- nothing good that comes from your no. child passing, but no. I will say this, there have been gifts Mm-hmm. And those gifts, I believe, with every bit of my being have come from her. I would never be on this path. My husband and I would never. Uh, we would have just gone about our happy, uh, joyful, I'm sorry to even say materialistic life. Mm-hmm. Just, go, you know, just um, going around, traveling, doing this, doing that. Um, would I? Would I have her back? 
with her illness? No, I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't because she was suffering while she was here. And I was trying to fix something that was out of my control. I couldn't fix it. It, it was impossible to fix it. And, and the resources, the insurance and everything wasn't there. So if she, I've even said to God a million times, I would, I would do anything to have her back, but not like that. Right. So I am thrilled. I am thrilled. And that sounds like a horrible mom to say, I'm thrilled that she is in the hands of the creator that is just, that can take care of her better than I could have. I'm okay with that. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with it. And the gift that she left behind was an inquisitive mind that was willing to go to take, you know, just, just to go down this path and just, um, I'm so grateful for it. I feel like every day she brings us a little bit farther. And I mean, I just, I talk to her all the time. It's not, it sounds so crazy. And I know some people will say it's delusional. Like it's a crazy mom. She's just so in despair. I, my daughter didn't live with me for uh, probably seven years before she passed. She was, you know, a professional. She lived in New York. She was great. I mean, she had her own life. And and we talked all the time, but she and I talk and converse and plan together more now than we did when she was here. She's a part of my life every day, every single day. And it's not like a delusional part. She is really, truly a part of my life. And I know that that's why she comes through because she, without that, I don't think I'd keep going forward and pushing to do more things. So yeah, she is helping out. It's clear on the other side by, I'm sure she's part of all these different experiments and um, not just with her face, but saying, okay, guys, let's try this or here, let me jump in front of the camera in the afterlife to do this. I also want to share that you have been filmed and we're going to show this at the end, a clip, um, some different clips from the documentary that's being made. Okay. Uh, film Emmy Award winning filmmaker Robert Lyon uh, is doing a film called Rinaldi and it is about the works of Sonia Rinaldi and oh it's going to give you goosebumps even just to see the preview for it oh my gosh um, and so at the end when we say goodbye not quite goodbye but until we meet again we will be showing that here and it will be on YouTube. So again, if you're listening on one of the different podcast things, remember you can go to uh, go to YouTube, type in We Don't Die Radio 357 with Lisa, and you can, you can see it. So that we have to look forward to. Her story and you, Lisa, will make a difference, I tell you, probably for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people going forward, giving people that hope, comfort, faith, knowing that the afterlife is real and to be able to live life, having a daily conversation with Amber and other people can do that with their loved ones as well. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We never know the difference. We never know. I say that Um, I've interviewed enough people to hear the story that when we pass, we have the life review Mm-hmm. Of course, we've got to live through those things we shouldn't have done. <laughs> and uh, But not from anybody judging us, but us looking at our own life, like, oh, I could have done that better, should have done this. And we actually experience it from the perspective of the people that we're with. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, if you tell a little fib and the other person knows, you're going to feel what it felt like. So when that's all done, you actually get to see your life from the difference that you made and the ripple effect and the lives that were changed. And Lisa, you and I know, both know that through grief, there's a lot of suicide. There's a mm. lot of suicide when parents or people have uh, somebody who has left and mm -hmm. not only giving people life, but helping them continue their life. And even, you know, I've met people that have grieving for 30 years and sure. I hate to say this, but they, I don't want to say they may as well be dead, but they, they are dead inside. And to really embrace the reality of the afterlife, you give people life again. So that's the difference yeah, you and Amber and Lou your family are going to be for the world. Thank you, Sandra. If I can, I'd love to make a plug for helping parents heal. Yes. So my husband and I are both members of helping parents heal, which is a fantastic organization for anybody who's lost a child at any age from anything whatsoever. Um, and it's www.helpingparentsheal.org. Um, I'm a caring listener for that group, which means that you can call me day, night, middle of the night, whenever, if you're just having a shitty time, <laughs> excuse my French, um, and you just need to talk. Um, I've started a, an affiliate group for, it, it's an online group of helping parents heal for um, parents whose children have suffered from eating disorders. And I don't, it, it, you know, a lot of people think eating disorders, if your child passed from an eating disorder, they were, you know, laying in the hospital bed, 65 pounds with, you know, IVs and everything. That's not always the case. Mm -hmm. There's all, I mean, I know many, many people whose children have taken their own life. Sure. My daughter took an overdose of her anti-anxiety medicine and some painkillers, and she died from that. So there's so many different, and there's no reason um, to feel that, you know, you don't fit into the group. It, if your child suffered, our group is for you. So we would love, we're trying to find a time to get together and talk with people and let people tell their stories. And it's prevalent, but I know it took a long time for me to be able to tell Amber's secret. Mm -hmm. You know, it was her secret. And I felt I was betraying her. But I, I know now that it's important to get it out there. Absolutely. And, and I had a phone call from a mom today who said, I'm, I'm in all the way, but I just can't tell my daughter's story yet. I just, I, I, I don't want to do it yet, but can I still be part of the group and just read, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. So, I mean, I would just welcome anybody to just, you yeah. know, come and talk with us because I feel like this is another way that Amber and I just want to, we just want to be there to help other people. So, And let's talk a little bit about Sonia's Patreon page. Now, this lady in Brazil who yes. doesn't ask for a penny, we okay. feel she needs a little something. Yes. So we put together what's called a Patreon page. Mm -hmm. So you can join for $5 a month or more if you feel generous. But what will people access? Or just talk about the e-magazines, if you will, because there's... Right. Or, okay. Yeah. And they, some of the other things maybe. Right. So Sonia puts reports out, oh my gosh, probably every two weeks. 
She works literally seven days a week. And of course, like she's getting up there in age. So she feels the need to get everything out there as quickly as possible. And I know that a lot of us feel that COVID has really um, hit us hard. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how hard it's hit them down in Brazil. It's hit them hor- you know, horrendously. And so sometimes she doesn't even have the extra cash to go get a new printer, you know, or to go and get new batteries for something. So we started this Patreon account um, and none of us in the U.S. take anything. It all goes to the research. It it all goes to also um, resupplying the things that she needs to have. And it's not, I mean, we're, you know, we don't make a whole lot off of it and we don't ask people to contribute a whole lot to it, but to have a list of people that we can constantly contact for different experiments and stuff is really nice. So you can join for as little as $5 a month. And if you can't afford $5 a month, you just have to get in touch with me and let me know. You can only do two. (laughs) That's fine. You know, we'll get you on there. Um, She makes sure that the um, reports are sent to everybody on Patreon. We have Zoom meetings where she discusses different things that she's doing. We look for volunteers. Right now we have um, 20 volunteers who are working with us from Patreon who are listening to um, what somebody else has considered the top 130 EVPs that Sonia has received. And they're going to try to dwindle those down to 50 so we can make a report that people can listen to and hear some of the reports. That's fantastic. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And And for anybody who attends the, um, the um, presentation on Saturday, the 6th, Sonia has a report that has the um, uh, images of people who have been unknown from like some of the last 10 mm-hmm. reports that we haven't been able to identify yet. So we're going to make sure that the people who register for that event get that catalog of unknowns before anybody else does. Oh, and if you're watching this and it's after February 6th, you will still get them. Just sign up. Um, and we ask for a donation, minimal donation to be part of it as well, just because we do believe this hardworking woman needs some supplies yeah. and some food. <laughs> oh, he's great. So what is the Patreon? It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes. And then Dot I can't com. remember. It's slash Sonia underscore Rinaldi. And the underscore is very important to have in there because if they don't put that in, it takes you back to an old Patreon that's already been shut down. So it's okay. Sonia underscore Rinaldi. Okay, great. And just a few more resources for you. Our home base is wedontdieradio.com. If you want to join my insiders club, it's just a snazzy way to say mailing list. Um, I give you, it says a free few chapters of my book. Here's the secret. It's the whole book. I don't want cost to get between you and having some of the big information that I have. There's also 300 now 57 episodes that you can listen to or view there. Um, Also, there's a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a ton of online courses and demonstrations since COVID-19 hit in 2020, because I think we all needed a dose of spirituality. And we've learned that we can do medium demonstrations online And we can do psychic courses and mediumship courses and all kinds of things. You know, just because somebody isn't with you physically does not mean 
you're not connected in energy. And even on Sundays, we offer what's called a Sunday gathering, and it is completely free. And it's our non-denominational service that will get you inspired and energized for the week, helping us all through being humans, having this, uh, no, we are souls having a human experience, get my words right. And then at the end of each one, we have a medium demonstration. So for whoever's with us on our Zoom room, they will participate in that. And we have normally Philip Dykes and Carrie McLeod, who are two of our dearest friends, and they're both mediums who have worked for over 25 years. Sometimes we have a guest medium. And while not everybody gets a reading, the ones that come through, you just think, wow, if they're right there and these people in Scotland are talking to my loved one and I'm over here, you know, my loved ones must be here too. Because they are. They, I do believe that they have jobs to do and their life and souls keep, keep on moving on and doing things, but they're only a breath away, only a thought away. Uh, and they're here with us. So it's evident, you know, they're, they're with us. So Lisa, before we go on to watching that clip that uh, Robert sent from the documentary, do you have any closing words? Sandra, I just want to thank you for so many years of doing this and bringing this to light and sharing all of this because, you know, you could take one little piece or two little pieces and say, well, maybe, but you can't take 357 pieces. You can't. And and say, okay, I'm kind of (laughs) convinced. I mean, once you get that, it's overwhelming. And the fact that you give all of that to us for nothing, it's wonderful. And it's really, um, it's made all the difference. So thank you. And I can't wait to see you again in person. Oh, it'll happen. It most I know. Of course it will. That'd be just great. Well, you who's listening or watching right now, I'm going to ask you just to stay tuned for just another few minutes. And of course, if you're listening and not viewing this, you'll hear uh, Lisa's words, which are absolutely beautiful from the video. But I do ask that you check it out on YouTube because you'll actually see the pictures and you'll think, wow. So again, our home base is wedontdieradio.com. We've got a calendar there. You can click on, see what's coming up. You can watch uh, us on February 6th, 2021. Or like I said, if it's already passed, it is still on there. Just look at uh, Sonia Rinaldi. It's a purple picture and it's her latest experiments uh, with the trans images. Oh, I love it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our friend, Lisa. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you to you at home or wherever you are. In closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is very important. Your loved ones are still around. They're still busy. Let the story of Lisa and Amber just light the way for you to trust that your loved ones are with you. So thank you for listening or for viewing. Don't press the stop button yet because we still have a short video to play, but we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody.
once people realize that we really don't die and that you know it's it's not lights out when it comes time to pass i think that it almost implores us to live a different way because i mean we're we're all in it together there's there is no you're not taking any of it with you you know that kind of a thing and and i think that it's incredible for helping the grieving process when you can actually you know simply you're just really saying goodbye to the physical body of somebody you can still have a relationship with that person whether it's a spouse a child a parent um and sometimes it can be a very substantive relationship um i just think that it just i think it changes everything i really do they need something to min- manipulate here in real time so that we could see simultaneously while they are walking we can see the movement and they are extremely quick so that you all of a sudden you have the face all of a sudden uh, all of a sudden the, the change there is a change in the face and uh, then appear other face it, it is very quick for us for our eyes for our brain but it is all recorded my beauty you're supposed to be smiling So she's smiling. Cuz she just got a t-shirt. I do. I do. What is it? <laughs> Look, there's we're like in a middle of the city. Here, should I put this on us too? I don't know how to do that in a video. <laughs> do you that? <laughs> Look, oh, there she's again. Look at. Look at. There's the city. Check it out. We're walking here. Okay. Okay, Kristen Wig enough. This is the city, but then look at you walk through these little gates right here. You <laughs> And now we're like right smack in the middle. Crazy, cray cray. When the early photos came, um, Sonia would send uh, an image to me and say, you know, does this uh, this looks like Amber to me, but she's only like eight years old. Do you do you have anything? And I would find a picture that was almost identical to. whatever it was that she sent and it was it was really really uh, interesting experience because she'd never seen any of those before so it was very convincing Lisa lost amber look at these yeah, amber died at the age of 25 she gave me that little bit of hope that we all wanted and I um, mean it was great to see it and i think that most people that i've talked to most moms go into it kind of skeptically because it's just you know who who ever even heard of stuff like this before even though it's been out there but who's who's heard of it we all kind of went in a little bit like hmm what's this all about but what if what if and it was fantastic to see it but it could have been you know thank you very much for participating and um you know good luck to you and moving on but so many things have happened i mean she's appeared in so many different ways without my asking anything I mean just an email will appear and then sometimes months will go by and nothing'll happen and I'll get an email from Sonia and she'll say I think Amber's at it again and she'll say you know what do you think and I I mean the moment we look at them with the, some of the the photos and it, or the images most especially though the the younger ones because um Amber was sick with an eating disorder for a very long time and so toward the end of her life she was really gaunt and you know thin When she was younger though, when she was, you know, say 10, younger than 10, she was just, you know, she had like the pudgy cheeks and just um some more form to her and she just had a a happiness about her that was really like a just a natural smile. And it was just, you know, she just kind of was exuberant. As she got older and she struggled more, her smiles were more forced. Um 
you know, um, they just didn't look. So these images that she was sending that showed. And I said, why? Why do you think that, you know, why would she show that? And she said, because that's when she was happiest. We have been developing extremely and uh, the quality of the trans images uh, is, is great and uh, more and more lovely ones who pass are appearing. Sonia has a tremendous desire and, and she has her reasons for that, which she shared before, but she has reasons for really wanting to help um, parents who are suffering because she does believe that this is proof of the afterlife. I believe that this is proof of the afterlife. And she just feels that if she can bring some hope or some healing, um, but also she believes, and I believe, that the guides that are helping her on the other side trust her fully and that they are really planning to do a lot more and planning to give even more proof. So I think that's something amazing in instrumental transcommunication is that every time, every day, is something new. And uh, I think that when we think, well, everything has been seen, nothing will, new will happen, they come with something absolutely unexpected. Once we know, not just grieving parents, but once we know that the afterlife is real and that we're all gonna be there someday, you know, our loved ones are still living. The only thing that's gone is just their physical body. Everything about them, in fact, some people, like my daughter, is more whole now than she was when she passed, you know, or the, for the decade before she passed. She is a, a whole, happy, she's back to work, she's working hard. And once we know that, I mean, how can we live the same way? How can other people, even people who aren't um, grieving, how can they live the same way when they know it's not lights out.